Oh, brilliant. Aren't we blessed to have a fantastic family here? Yes. Amen. I, I put this last week on my Facebook. Wherever I may roam, there's no place like home. Not just my physical home and family, but listen, our church family as well. I do travel a little bit more these days, but I can't tell you how blessed I feel, even when I travel, to know we're part of a fantastic family here at Gateway. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, good to see you here this morning. Good to see you here this morning. Fantastic. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful. And welcome to all our visitors as well this morning and all those at Rehoboth and online and everywhere. I, I truly believe this is something that the Lord wants us to take note of this morning, to, to kind of not uh, minimi minimize its importance in our journey as Christians. And I'll just start off by putting a verse on our screen uh, that kind of prompted me to don't get back into the cage. That's what I titled it. But this was the verse that kind of got me prepared for this morning. Psalm 124.7, we have escaped like a bird from the fowler's fowler snare. How many of, you, of us know that when we become Christians, the Lord sets us free from the clutches of the enemy? From the clutches of the enemy. I, I know for my own self how the enemy was messing my life. And I would, I would, I would wonder, is there, is there a problem with me? Is there a problem with my surroundings? Till I realized it wasn't always me. There was sometimes it was me. <laughs> so I wasn't a, a, a saint, you know, growing up. But I realized there were other factors at play in my life. And when I realized that Jesus came to set me free, it began a journey of walking in this freedom. So we have ex escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Hallelujah. You know, I remember seeing this on social media. Not that you can trust everything on social media these days. Uh, but this was a, a little reel. You know, these days there's this new thing called reels that are, are on, on Facebook. Where this guy, a rich guy, was in his car and he's... He stopped his car, and there was this vendor with a bird, with a cage of, full of birds. And he asked, how much is the bird? And for, well, he, he gave him some, I don't know how much it was, gave him some money and got the bird in his hand. And every time he got the bird, he would set it free. Okay, then the next, how much is that bird? Take it. Set. And that picture kind of symbolizes what Jesus did for us. He set us free from a lot of things. He set us free from ourselves, first of all. But he also set us free from the enemy. And if there's one thing I just want to bring about today, I, 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 I'm trying to keep it as short as possible, is as much as we're aware that there is a God, we cannot be unaware that there is a devil. And sometimes we can say, listen, let's not talk about the devil. Let's not give too much glory to the devil, which is all true. But if we are unaware that there is a devil and that he can mess with our lives, we'll be cruising along on our journey, not realizing that the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And while we may do everything we can in our own capacity to solve some of the challenges we are facing, there are some things that we cannot do. We need the power of God. 
Because those battles are not against flesh and blood. They're not in the natural. They are spiritual. And I just felt in this season for us to be aware about the reality of the enemy of our souls. There is an enemy who wants to come still to steal, kill, and destroy. But thanks be to God, he's given us tools. And he's given us Jesus. Because that verse in John 10, 10 goes on to say, I have come that you may have life but life in all its abundance. And so that's why I titled it, Don't Go Back Into the Cage. Because Jesus sets us free from the cage, and because we are unaware that there is an oppressor, there is a devil, there is someone who hates us, and he is intentional in messing up with our lives, we can go back into that cage, not realizing, why am I going through what I'm going through, uh, irrespective of me becoming a Christian and following this Jesus. You know, I, I was speaking last Sunday at Newtown, and one of the passages I referred to was uh, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. How many of you know that beautiful story? Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And I asked them this question, which I asked at Gateway. It wasn't a trick question, but it's a, it, it may sound like that. How many of you know Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead? Yes? Lazarus come forth. And Lazarus came alive again. But was Lazarus enjoying his new life? Yes or no? He wasn't because he was still wrapped up with the grave cloths. So he had the, he had the big victory. He had the, he had the salvation. He was born again. Became alive again, yet because there were grave cloths around him, he wasn't fully enjoying his new experience of new life. And therefore, we need to recognize that one is, it is to be born again, but then there's a journey beyond that that allows us then to walk in the fullness and the freedom for which Christ came to set us free. And so I want to unpackage a little bit this morning without wanting to give too much importance to the devil However, we cannot ignore him. We cannot ignore the schemes of the enemy. I put down here, there is an enemy who is intentional in hurting you. He's not saying, okay, I get up in the morning. Today, let me pick Chris. Tomorrow, I'll pick. He, day in and day out, he, he is intentional in hurting you if you're a child of God. How does he work? There are different ways in which the devil works. He doesn't come, you know, displaying himself like one of those monsters and says, hey, 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 come on, I'm going to uh, tackle you today. He works very subtly. Different ways in which the enemy can work. He can influence situations around us. If you read the story of Job, Job, of course, had to get permission from God first. But then he could mess up. He messed up his house. He messed up finances, messed up his children, messed up, ultimately messed up his health. He can sow thoughts in our minds. I like that verse that Jesus said, when the enemy slept, while, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tears. And while we might be unaware, sometimes the enemy, enemy can come and sow a thought and that thought is enough, the devil can walk away after that. That seed is enough to start playing its, its, you know, its record. I, I, I know very well about that because that was my life. This was my greatest enemy, my mind. 
I, I, I would lose the battle already here before it manifested in the natural. I would bury myself sick because of the thoughts that the enemy would sow in my mind. If you look at the life of Jesus, okay, Mark 1, 39 says, He went and he went into the synagogues throughout all Galilee, preaching and casting out demons. Hey, delivering, de casting out demons is, was part and parcel of Jesus' life. And sometimes we do not talk about these things because we think, oh, it's not sophisticated. Okay, it's a bit gray area. Demons are real. I wish I had time to go through all the different passages, but Luke eleven fourteen, and he was casting out a demon and it was mute. When the demon had gone out, the, the mute man spoke. Now, here was a mute man, physical ailment, but what was the connection? Jesus cast out the demons and the muteness went away. Now, disclaimer right away doesn't mean every sickness is from the devil. Okay, so let's, let's make that clear. If not theologically, we can get too lopsided. If I eat something that's not good for my tummy and I get sick, I can't say the devil did that. Okay, there's certain things that are natural, it happens. Okay, but there are some things that are demonically motivated, influenced. And that's why if you look at a lot of healings that Jesus did, it was linked to deliverance. When they cast out the demon, boom, the healing took place. What's the relation over there? But that, that, that's what I'm trying to bring about this morning, an awareness. So while not everything might be demonically uh, instigated, but we must be aware that there could be some things that are. Another instance, how many of you remember when Jesus cast out the legion of demons? <laughs> the legion. How many is a legion? I forgot. I know we did that. Some thousands, isn't it, Hayden? Oh, sorry. Thousands. And when you look later on in that passage in Luke 8, it says that after Jesus cast out the legion, if you remember, he cast them into the pigs, into the swine. It says the man was dressed and in his right mind. Sometimes, there, so disclaimer, not every mental illness is, the, is, is demonically motivated, but there are some mental challenges we can face that are motivated by devils. And while we might be unaware, or we might be too naive, or we might be too afraid to talk about it or engage with it, listen, our freedom could lie in that very aspect, that this issue is being messed around by, by a demon. Amen. You with me this morning? Okay to talk about this stuff in church? Because Jesus went around healing and casting out demons. And look at what he says. Mark 16 verses 17, 18. I believe these are the days God is raising up his church in this. Mark 16 verses 17 and 18. And these signs shall accompany those who believe. Amen. In my name, they will drive out demons. Perhaps this morning we could drive out some demons during the ministry time. Listen, now I know people are afraid about this whole concept. Can I be possessed by a demon? We're not going to go into that theology this morning. Whether you're possessed, oppressed, obsessed. Anyone read that book? 
oppressed, obsessed, possessed. Listen, we're not going to get into that, but what we're trying to say, the devil can influence certain things in our lives. Whether he's possessed, oppressed, doesn't matter, but if he's there messing around, I'd rather get him out of it, whichever way he's messing around. And so these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. These are the days when God is saying, my children, it's nice to, to hear about David slaying Goliath and all these different things. Listen, you need to experience it now in your own life. You know, the old was a shadow of the things to come. How many of you know that? People ask me the question, why did God allow so many battles in the Old Testament? Those battles were symbolic of spiritual battles. In fact, if you study every battle, there's a spiritual lesson for us to take into the New Testament. Just as the covenants in the Old Testament were symbolic, preparing us for the new. The, the feasts in the Old Testament were symbolic, preparing us for the new. Even the battles in the Old Testament were symbolic about spiritual warfare in the New Testament. Study them, worship, this, authority, blah, blah, blah. They're all symbolic about what God wants to do through us in His new covenant days. And so, two verses to kind of emphasize before I go into the Next, but Ephesians 6, 12, it says, For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. My friends, it could be that one of the battles you are facing is not related to anything in the natural, but it could be a spiritual force coming against you and me because that's what the devil wants to do intentionally mess up with our lives mess up with our families mess up with our uh, with our uh, future mess up with our destiny mess up with our minds mess up with our bodies mess up with our children but our battle is not against flesh and blood 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 5 for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh. Verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds, is, if you look at the meaning, it says stranglehold, throttlehold, grip. How many of you sometimes feel you're in a situation that there's a, there's a throttlehold? Lord, I can't do anything. I've done everything, but this is not moving. That's what stronghold is. Whether the devil does it externally, internally, again, we're not interested at this point in that theology. We're talking about the reality that the devil can have a stronghold in certain aspects of our lives. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. He who is in us is greater than he is in the world. So the reality is there. And I just wanted us to be aware of that this Sunday morning. That while we go about doing everything that we do and with good hearts working through some of the challenges and battles that come our way, persisting through them, listen, don't let 
some of those battles that are instigated by the devil take away your joy, take away your destiny, take away your peace of mind, take away your sleep, take away your future. Because God has given us the tools in those circumstances to push him back. Three things very quickly this morning. Three factors that can help influence our victory. When we realize, and before I even go into that, the first thing I do when I face a battle, I say, Lord, tell me the source. Always. Any battle I face in my journey, learned over the years, rather than jumping and thinking, it is this, first I seek the Lord. Lord, is this of the devil? Number two, if it's of the devil, then I, these next three points is what I do. If it's of you, that means you allow me to go through this trial, give me the grace. Give me the grace and, and, and teach me what you're trying to teach me through this situation. Sometimes he's allow, he allows us to go through this because he wants to use a little bit of our pain and experience to comfort somebody else in the future. You with me? So there are different. And the third is, so number one, Lord is it of the devil. And if the moment is, is the Lord says, yes, I go on the war front. Okay? No way. You're not going to mess with me or my family devil. If it's God saying, Chris, I want you to go through this trial. And many times he said, I want you to go through this trial. God, I need your grace. I need you to tell me why this trial is here. What are you trying to teach me? What is purpose? Sometimes God doesn't give me the answer. In those times, I still trust him. I do not have the answers, Lord. You're not giving me the answer right away. I choose to trust you, but I know you're, you're wanting me to walk through this situation. And number three, is it me? Because <laughs> sometimes it's easy to blame the devil. Easy to say, God's putting this upon me and take our hands off our own responsibility. And so I say, Lord, have I caused this to come upon me? Have I made a wrong decision? Have I done something that, that I shouldn't have done? And listen, God's not sitting there with a stick to say, yeah, now you need to suffer because you did that. Chris, change that. Change your strategy. What you were doing wasn't helping you. It was harming you. Okay, Lord, sorry. Thank you for giving me insight into that. I'll turn that situation around because that was something in my hands. But we're dealing this morning in aspects that influence our victory if the enemy is involved in that particular battle. And that's why, number one, find out where it is from. Very quickly, number one, what affects our victory? An atmosphere of faith and expectation. Create an atmosphere of faith and expectation when we are facing battles. Faith and expectation. Ephesians 6, 12. Listen again, all these things cannot be done in one small little 25-minute session. Okay, but study the armor of God. It's very, very essential. But one of the things here in the armor, army, uh, armor of God, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. He's always with his bow and arrow, fiery darts, aiming at our minds, aiming at our families, aiming at our possessions. How many of you know you can pray for your cars as well? Lord, protection over my car. That when I drive on the road, it's safe and protected against any scheme of the enemy. And so, creating an atmosphere of faith 
an expectation. One of the greatest things I learned when I read the story of Jairus' daughter, it kind of was a revelation moment for me. Luke 8.51, if you remember, Jairus wanted healing for his daughter, came running to Jesus. Jesus, I mean, it's, it's a big story. Again, you can learn a lot about this and that and that, the word and everything. But what was interesting, when Je it says in Luke 8.51, when Jesus arrived <coughs> at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, and John, and the child's father and mother, because the others were not filled with faith. They were like more, they're ridiculing Jesus. And something in me stirred up when I was reading that, listen, the atmosphere we create around us can be atmosphere of faith, or atmosphere of fear, or atmosphere of ridicule, or apprehension. What is the atmosphere? Uh, you know my story, when I was going through my illness a couple of months ago, knocked me out, first time in perhaps in about 35, 40 years, I felt that ill. Straight away, I, I knew I needed to keep the atmosphere an atmosphere of faith. And what did I do? Every night from about 9 o'clock when I decided I was going to try and get some sleep, I would put on my favorite Don Moe and worship. It would play right through the night whether I dozed off to sleep or not, because I knew my mind would play games with me. I needed to counter that with declarations from the Word of God. Change the atmosphere. There are things that you and I can do. I always say this, if we do what we can do, we allow God to do what He alone can do. We got to do what we can do. Create an atmosphere. Jesus put away the doubting atmosphere. So in your circles... Find out what influence is coming into you, whether it's friends. So not, I'm not saying disown your friends, but if you, have 5%, if you have five friends who are constantly feeding you with negative, it's not possible, you're miserable, maybe make sure you have 25 friends who speak the opposite. Okay? What's that? They say for every negative word that's spoken over a child, they need about 20 positive words to erase the effect of that negative word. Listen, it works. It's real. These things are real. And so it's important for us to create an atmosphere of faith and expectation. Our words, our association, not that we're perfect overnight, but that's the journey where we train, develop ourselves into influencing the atmosphere. We all carry an atmosphere over us. I can, I can sit for five minutes with a person and I can straight away say, what's the atmosphere over their lives? Either it's heavy, negative, toxic, whatever, or they are trusting in Him. The atmosphere, I mean, we did this teaching on atmosphere some time back. You put a plant in a, in a good, healthy atmosphere, it grows. You put a plant in a toxic atmosphere, it'll die. And so we've got to surround ourselves with an atmosphere of faith and expectation. My God is able. Number two, the word and the prophetic. The word and the prophetic. So number one, they're all linked actually. All these three are linked. You can't have one separate from the other. They're all kind of inter intertwined. Stand on His Word. His Word versus all other words. His Word versus our feelings. 
His word versus the reality on the ground. So we're not, we're not denying what's real. We're countering it with what His word has to say. So we don't stick our head in the, uh, in the, in the ground like ostrich and pretend there's no problem. No, there is a problem. But we choose. It's, it's, it's not a matter of feeling. It's a matter of choice. Yes, Lord. Like sometimes I, I've got the butterflies in my tummy about a situation. I can't stop, don't feel, become immune. No, no, we're human. We will feel. We feel, we feel panicky at times. Anyone feels panicky with certain situations? I do. But in those, in those moments, I choose to say, despite what I'm feeling right now, I choose to put my trust in the Lord. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I love that song we sang this morning. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. Yes, the reality is not looking good, but I choose to speak Jesus. Oh, it's, it's, uh, the, the armies are coming against me. But in that moment of time, I, I choose to speak Jesus. He is able. He is able. My God is able. My God is able. My God is able. I know who I am, but even more so, I know whose I am. <laughs> Let not your hearts be troubled. Stand on his word. That's why man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Of course, you know how I give it a little extension. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every revelation. Because that word can stay a word if it doesn't become real in our lives. We can read the word from morning to evening, but that word won't have effect if we don't allow it to become a reality on the inside. Revelation, man, man, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds. Ask God for a specific word sometimes. Listen, I always say this, are you standing on a promise? Are you standing on a promise? Lord, what are you saying? Because sometimes some things tarry. How many of you know God doesn't always answer overnight? Wish He did. <laughs> Wish He did. But sometimes... It's a weight. It's a weight. But when we have a promise, we can stand like Abraham. Abraham did not waver because he knew he who promised is faithful and will bring to pass what he had promised. Lord, give me a word. 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 That I know what you're doing. I know what you're saying. What does it say? He doesn't do anything unless he reveals it to his sons, the prophets. God always wants to tell us. More times than not. But as we seek him, find out what is the word, what is the prophetic. I don't know why I put this here, but I put it here. <laughs> Matthew 21, verses 21 and 22. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. When you have a word, and you speak based on what God says into that situation, you shall die and not live. Sometimes God gives me those words. When I go to pray for somebody, God clearly says, speak that word over them. 
look into their eyes and I say, you will not die, but you will live to fulfill his destiny for your life. And so guys, I'm just kind of encouraging us this morning before I go into the last point. The battle is real. If we are naive, listen, not that we do not have, you know, days where it's like, it's a real battle. Get a few knocks sometimes. Have a few scars sometimes. But don't let the enemy keep walking over us because of our naivety and the reality of the warfare that we're engaged with. And begin to use the tools that God has given us. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life in all its abundance. Very important. Number one, create an atmosphere of faith and expectation. Number two, stand on God's word and his promises and the prophetic. What has God said? What has God said? What has God said? There are times when I go through certain battles, I have to go back 15 years, 17 years. God, what did you say to me at that point of time? And if you said it, you will bring it to pass. I may not see it happen today, but I'm willing to wait till you bring it to pass. <laughs> Write the vision down. Habakkuk. Write the vision that he who sees it may run with it. Some of your promises, write it down. Some of your promises, write it down and stick it near your bed. So that every time you feel discouraged, every time you feel, oh man, the enemy is messing with me. Hey, listen, God said this. God said this. God said this. Even when Jesus was tempted, use scripture. Against, but he knew which scripture to use at that point of time. Finally, number three. You with me this morning, guys? Because I want all of us to enjoy God's goodness in the land of the living. Yes, there are battles, like I said. Yes, there are seasons where, God, what is going on? Yes, there are times that God will allow us, like I said, to go through certain experiences or part of our journey. But this aspect is also real. Number three, revelation and authority. If there's one thing I had to learn, and you have heard it million times at Gateway from me, understanding the authority we stand in. And authority, understanding authority can come only by revelation. I can try and explain to us everything about authority, but it can only come fully when we have a revelation of what this means. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Simon, but my Father who is in heaven. There are some things that need a revelation. In fact, most things, in fact, all things need a revelation. Every principle of the Word of God beyond the natural understanding needs a revelation. Because when we operate by revelation, something begins to happen. We can live with the natural capacity of our understanding. I, I put a statement here. We are limited in our expectation by the level of our revelation. We are limited in our expectation by the level of our revelation. I can only operate to the degree of how much revelation I have received. So you can tell me Jesus loves you, Chris. Jesus loves you, Chris. But till I have a revelation of the love of Jesus, I will not fully understand. And my, based on my perception is my reception. 
If I don't perceive, I cannot fully receive. But when I have a revelation of an, a particular principle, a particular aspect of God's nature, I begin to operate it in, in that much more. I had a revelation, as I said, of God's faithfulness. So today I can never doubt that He doesn't love me. I needed to have a revelation of His faithfulness. But I needed to have a revelation in my life about His ability to provide. I hadn't had a revelation. So every time it came to finances and faith, oh, I know He loves me, but I didn't have a revelation of His provision. I heard all the great stories, I read all the scriptures, but till that became a revelation to me, I wasn't able to walk in the fullness of that revelation and experience what comes from that revelation. Does that make sense? And that is why revelation is important, in, especially in the aspect of our authority. And I put down, how do you get revelation? Revelation comes from relationship. There's no other way. We can try and explain to each other till the sun goes down, but it's only in the presence of God, in that intimate moment with Him, when we are seeking His face, revelation becomes a reality because revelation only comes by relationship, not religion. Religion is academic. These are the five points, blah, blah, blah. Nothing's going to change nothing. Revelation comes by relationship. They that know their God shall be strong. Not they that know about their God. They know to memorize. They know to quote the Bible from back to front. No, they shall not be strong. They that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Get to know Him more. That I may know Him more. What did Jesus say? What is eternal life? Not saying the sinner's prayer. To know Him. If you read the Gospels. That's eternal life, to know Him. We can come to church and go back and not know Him. We can know about Him, but do we really know Him? Relationship, my friends. Pursue Him. He's beautiful. Maybe you haven't heard about God in this way this uh, the, uh, as you're listening to this this morning. He is a wonderful Father. He's not about rules and regulations, sit and get up and go to church. And this is all secondary aspects. The bottom line is he wants to know you and he wants you to know him in spirit and in truth. He's a wonderful father. For me, that the greatest revelation of all that I needed to have was God is my father. A loving father. A good father. A giving father. A forgiving father. Father, a restoring Father, a pursuing Father. Did I speak that message in Gateway? Because we always talk about be pursuing God, but if you don't have a, relation, a revelation of God pursuing you, that's a game changer. He pursues us. He's running after us. And when you get to know that good, good Father, you being evil, give good things to your children, how much more, my friends, get to know this heavenly Father in spirit and in truth, and then revelation will begin to flow. And then when you begin to walk on that revelation, we walk by faith and not by... We don't walk in the natural. The natural mind perceives not the things of the Spirit of God because they are spiritually discerned. We need a revelation. Academics is a level of the whole journey. 
It's revelation that comes from relationship. Just two minutes on, on authority, and you've heard it a million times, but I don't mind repeating, because authority is a biggie when it comes to speaking to the devil and to the mountain and saying, be gone in the name of Jesus. It's only when we stand in our authority that he's given us. Luke 4, 36. They were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, what a word this is, for with authority and power... He commands the unclean spirits and they come out. What did he do? Authority and power. Two. And again, we could, if we had time, go through all the scriptures. Now, because we are his children, we have access to that authority and power. Luke 9 verses 1 and 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them, what did he give them? Christmas cake, <laughs> power and authority, two things again, didn't give them one, he gave them two things, power and authority, for what, to sing a few songs in church, power and authority over all demons, and to cure diseases, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick, one more verse, what over what do we have authority? Luke 10, verses 18 and 19, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority. Now, he doesn't use the word power here. Make note of that. It's a revelation of the authority, which I never knew for many, 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 many years. And I'm like praying for people and praying for my situation and Nothing seems to be happening till I had to have a revelation that it wasn't just power, but I needed to have a revelation of who I am and the authority that I stand in when I am His. Then when you speak with authority that comes by revelation, then, as He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Listen, enemy does not have authority over you and me. But he can use power. But when we stand in the authority that he's given us, then the power of the enemy has no control over our lives. You with me this morning? To overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. Lord, give us a revelation of the authority. When you stand in authority, you don't need to scream and shout. Speak to the mountain. Of course, in some cases, Jesus said, these will go by prayer and fasting. Okay, so there is an element of, in the journey of, 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 of working through some of these aspects. But it's important to start by a revelation of, these things are real, guys. These things are real. I mean, not, not a Sunday morning, need, need a nice Sunday morning message. It's real. As people of God, if we are aware, okay, not just in our own lives, but then you go into situations. I gave you the story of, it's, 
couple in, in London church. London church. They were not Christian from another faith, from Asia. They called me to pray because they said, Pastor, first the boiler breaks down. Once we sort the boiler, the car breaks down. Once we fix the car, washing machine breaks down. Once we fix the washing machine, someone's health breaks down. Fix the health, something else happens back home from where we came. Anyone experienced that before? God, the devil works in different ways. Sometimes you see a pattern. Generation. Happened with great-grandparents, grandparents, children. And so anyway, went to their house. Immediately said, I sensed there was a demonic attack on their family. So I said, listen, I need to pray in the name of Jesus. Are you all happy with that? Okay, I mean, when they're desperate, say yes to everything. Yes, yes, yes. Shake their head like the Indians do. I said, okay, pray in the name of Jesus. I said, I've got to take oil as well and anoint your house and pray. Yes, 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 everything. So anyway, walked around, anointed their house, commanded the demons to leave their house and go, and I went away. So I got to know after three weeks from the guy who connected me with them, three weeks, I said, Pastor, three weeks, nothing happened. All clear. I said, it's too soon. Too soon. Three weeks, can't measure. Three weeks, too short. For us and for them. Mainly for them. Give it a little more time. So after about, I think, two or three months, two and a half months, we went to meet them again. They said, this is, this is a miracle. Pastor, this is a miracle. Nothing's happened. I said, listen, it'll happen again. Because the Bible says, when you clear a place, if you don't fill it, the devil will come seven times over. See? I said, don't be happy that it's, nothing's happened. Seven times worse. <gasps> what do we do? What do we do? You need Jesus. I said, when you know Jesus, and then when you stand as his child, then you can also pray like I prayed. I said, I can't come to your house all the time. If I come, okay, I'll clear up your house. They'll come again seven times. Clear up your house seven to 14 times. Clear up 49 times. I said, it'll become worse than what we started off. But if you know Jesus and you pray in the name of Jesus, your house will be safe. I gave them a Bible to read. After about six months, they came back. They said, we want to follow this Jesus. Give up whatever we were following. Today, they are still in our London church. Serving in the church in London. Following Jesus. God is good. Let's stand this morning. Let's put up that last verse on the screen. That I started off with. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Listen, my friends, this morning, who knows which area of your life the enemy has been playing around with. I want you to realize and know 
God has given you and me. Simple people, nothing in our own strength. We can't fight the devil. How many of you know sons of Sceva? Always give the illustration. Sons of Sceva. In the name of Jesus that Paul preached, try to command nothing. When we know Jesus, stand in the authority that he's given us, we can speak to those mountains. Every night I lay my hands on my children. Every night, as far as possible, speak the protection of Jesus. Every night, lay my hands. Why? In my home, I, am, I have authority. In your home, you do that. Because you've got authority in your home. As parents, moms and dads there. Father, touch us this morning. earthen vessels we possess your glory we possess your glory we possess your glory Lord for those who are you are allowing to go through a trial and testing it's not nothing related to the devil I pray your grace upon them for the journey their story is writing out something despite the pain and the battle as you told Paul my grace is sufficient so some of us, we've got to carry our cross daily. And I pray for my brothers and sisters who, who are in that path of having to carry their crosses. I stand with them this morning. And I pray your strength, Father, that even in their brokenness, even in those what might seem like painful disasters, you are still able to bring out something beautiful. And I pray they wouldn't feel guilty or they wouldn't feel that they're not good enough but you trust them to carry that cross and so give them that grace but Lord for those areas in our lives that the enemy is playing his cards I pray father that you would give us victory now give us victory give us victory in the name of Jesus he who the sun sets free is free indeed listen don't be afraid to say I need prayer I need prayer to be set free from this plan of the devil again whatever term you want to call it break the chains I've sent you I've sent you out to set captives free to break chains to open blind eyes to speak of the acceptable jubilee year of the Lord and so we're going to just Allow him to touch us this morning. Let's take a song of worship. Will you cry out to him wherever you are? Say, Lord, show me. Is this area 